0: The vision received was that of blood cells traveling throughout the body, supplying the much needed oxygen and other nutrients to the differing members of the body to fulfill their purpose. Once the blood cells are spent, they must return back to the heart to be refilled before being sent out again and fulfill their purpose. Good morning, saints. Good morning. It's good to be back. It's good to have some of you return from your... A ways on uh, work trips. Um, today, uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about, I guess, something that's been stirring up. Uh, Bishop gave the elders, um, you know, the study on healing, and I think he's been going into that over Tuesday night, and, and how people were healed and all of, and all of that um, that entails with that. And as I was going through the scriptures, uh, there was a particular set of scriptures that kept jumping out at me. And although it's not so much having to do with that particular set of scriptures, it was sort of like my launching pad, my diving board. And um, I, I guess uh, the subject matter is about what are our credentials? Um, what is the witness that we rely upon? Um this is what jumped out at me as I was reading through those, those healing scriptures. Um, if we turn to Mark 1, looking at 23 through 26, I found it very interesting that Jesus was not really interested in really anyone testifying of him. Even if what they were saying about him was true, and I found that odd. People were talking about him as, oh, he healed this person, and, and, and uh, some even people said he was the son of God, and he would shut him up. Now specifically in these set of scriptures, there was a man with an unclean spirit. And when Jesus came in his presence, the man with the unclean spirit said, leave us alone. What are we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now that's the truth. And this is an unclean spirit that is afraid of what Jesus might do to him. And Jesus' response to him is basically, shut up. Get out of him. He shut him up. It's not like he was saying anything wrong about Jesus. You are the Holy One of God. So he said in verse 25, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. I thought that was odd. But it wasn't the only time that Jesus did that. In Mark 1, 34, it says he healed many who were sick many with various diseases, and he cast out many demons, and it explicitly says he did not allow them to speak because they knew him. I found that odd. They know who he is. They're confessing who he is. It's the truth, and he's shutting them up. And then when we go to Luke four forty one, the demons also came out of many crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. Well, that's true. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. And he says, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. So everywhere he goes, he's running across demons that are confessing who he is and confessing the truth, and he's shutting them up. Be quiet. Don't say that. Be quiet. We go to Mark chapter 3, 10 through 12, it says he healed many. It says so that as many as had afflictions pressed about him to touch him, they were all compassing him. Like like being in, in, in Broadway on New Year's Eve, everybody's pressing up against you, but they're all pressing up to touch him, to squish him. And it says the unclean spirits, whenever they saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God! And he sternly warned them that they should not make him known. So there's multiple testimonies of Jesus shutting up the demons even though they're confessing the truth. I found that odd. Why not? Various reasons you can go either way as to why he would and why he wouldn't. But then I noticed the Apostle Paul he hushed the demons as well. And they were confessing the truth about him. He was walking along the countryside, it says in Acts 16, verse 16, and it says and he went to prayer that it was a certain slave girl. She was possessed with a spirit of divination. And and, and the, ma- the who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. She was making money to her masters who owned her because she was like a fortune teller. Basically, a witch. And the girl followed Paul and followed the people that were with Paul, ministering with Paul, and she was crying out saying, These are the men, are the servants of the Most High God, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. What's wrong with that? All of that was true. They were the servants of the Most High God. They were preaching the gospel of salvation. And yet Paul greatly annoyed by her, turned and said to her, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And that spirit came out that very eye. And I think about that, and I'm like, why? They're telling the truth. I want to answer that right now immediately, but I want to start looking at the scriptures. Because Jesus really set the stage for this, and he if you follow the things that he said, you can probably come to a, a, there's maybe the same agreement as I did about why he was shutting them up. So let's all turn to John chapter 2, verse 23 through 25. I'm going to probably stay in John 2 for a while. It says Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself to that. Because he knew all, and had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. So let's highlight a few points here. There were many that simply believed on him because of the miracles that they saw. That was it for them. They saw that he healed that person, and bam, they were believing in him. They saw him preaching and ministering and casting out devils, and bam, they were believing in him. Because of the miracles that he was doing. And one of the emphasis that Bishop has been going over the last two weeks is it wasn't that he just came up, showed up, and started healing, is that he preached the gospel first. And then signs followed, confirming his word, and he began healing people. They were together. I think that's been his main thrust. They've been together. Another thing, but Jesus did not commit himself to them or their judgment of him. Now, a lot of times we, being man, think about Hollywood, think about sports stars and athletes. As soon as they start getting pats on the back, as soon as they start hearing the cheers and the adulation, they get off on it. And they put themselves underneath. Well, who can touch me? I have millions of people that follow me. Millions of people that look up to me. I can do no wrong. But not Jesus. He had all the countryside lifting him up. And he said very plainly that he didn't commit himself to them. Because he knew what was in them. These are the very same people that one week as he's coming in the Last Supper singing Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord and seven days later they're crying crucify him, crucify him. They knew, he knew the fickleness of man. And so he purposed not to entrust himself to their opinion of him, into their judgment of him. Yes, he is the son of God. Yes, he is the Messiah. Yes, he's the one, he's the holy one. He didn't care what they said. He didn't care. His sense of self, his sense of purpose in his life was not found in the opinions of men concerning him. It was found in something else, and anything that they said about him, he could care less. Now, we as men, there's a paradox. We fear man. But at the same time, we want the acclaim and the approval of man. Think about that. We fear man. We fear what they would say of us. We would say we fear what they would say about us, and, and, and we want their adulation. We want their acclaim. We want their approval. At the same time, we fear them. But not so with Jesus. Jesus did not need that anyone should testify to him. He did seek it he knew how fickle man would be. And so it brings to my mind something that I want you to think about when it says in Philippians 2, 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The mind that Jesus had, in other words, his attitude, is something that must be developed in us because it's very contrary to the way that he walked. We, man, children of God, place too much emphasis on what others think of us. We want the approval of men. We may not admit it, we may not say it, but somewhere deep down inside, we want the approval of men. What we should be seeking is the approval of the Lord. That's all that Jesus cared about. He could care less what Fulano said. He could care less what Joe Schmo said. He could care less what all the numbers. He couldn't care less about the numbers. He he almost rejected their testimony of him. Because all he cared about was whether God approved of him or not. That's something that needs to be developed in us. We need to have this mind that I'm describing to you of Jesus in us. Let's continue on in John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees, the Father. And this is something that has this is another thing that has to be ingrained in our psyche. This is called the renewal of the mind. Yes, many of us have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. But many of us don't allow him to change our thinking. It's called the renewing of the mind by the word. By the washing of the word, we allow our minds to be renewed. We allow the word of God to reform our paradigms. And sometimes to completely obliterate and destroy paradigms so that he can construct a right paradigm. That must be done. And so I want to describe to you Jesus' paradigm. He said, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it. Now, on many levels, that communicates different things, but let's try to keep it simple for for our sakes. This man would not do anything unless he saw the Father do it. And I think we think about it, we think, well, no way. I can't do that. But Jesus did. Jesus emphatically said that, explicitly said that, in no uncertain terms. He said, For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus is basically equating his words and his actions with that of the Father. He didn't step outside, he didn't step out of line. He did everything perfectly in his word and in his will because he purposed to. He had to make a decision. Why do you think he was in the garden of the Gethsemane? He had to lay aside his will. We sung about that today. You have to lay yourself on the altar of the Lord. It has to be sacrificed so that his will can be done. It's in the, it's in the, the, the apostle's prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on where on earth as it is in heaven. And that was his mind. That was his attitude. I'm, I'm, Jesus was solely here, and he said it, to do his will. No, nothing. It doesn't matter what I want. It doesn't matter what I think. I'm here to do the Father's will. That is my purpose. He furthermore, he says, the Father loves the Son and shows him all things. All things that he himself does. The Father fully revealed himself to the Son, and the Son... Was so enamored that he just followed his lead. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. Now, when Jesus said this, when he spoke this, in the moment that he spoke this, the words concerning the Son was in no doubt referring to who? Himself. He was the Son, the Son of Man, the Son of God. But if you follow the scriptures, this same term, the Son, also refers to the body of believers. Those that follow him. Are we not sons of man? Are we not sons of God? Is he not called us sons of God? And so if the son had a particular purpose in order to fulfill the father's will, then if we are called sons made in his image, then are we not to follow in the same manner? The Son, after his ascension, refers to the corporate body of Christ. What was the Son? The manifestation of God in the flesh. Well, he ascended. And when he ascended, he sent back down the Holy Spirit, who now indwells his people. And are we not now the manifestation of God in the flesh? Yes, we are. It says in Romans eight fourteen, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The, son had, the term has not just, you know, disappeared. It applies to us. In verse 21 of John chapter 5, we continue. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to To whom he will. Again, that did refer to Jesus. It did not Jesus give life to others? Wasn't everyone he spoke to dead in their sins? Wasn't when he spoke to them the gospel of the kingdom that they they started becoming into the fold, his sheep? Yeah, they did. He spoke life to the dead, and the dead started coming to life. Just like when Ezekiel prophecy of the bones. He prophesied to the bones, Speak life unto them, son of man, speak life unto them. And he did. That's what Jesus did. He was the son of man. Everything that he told Ezekiel when he called him son of man, son of man, son of man, all that referred to Ezekiel and it referred to Jesus. He was speaking prophetically to Ezekiel about what Jesus was going to do. It says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Again, that all applied to Jesus. And you can see that when somebody did something against Jesus, the Father was there to protect. The Father was there to make retribution. The Father was there to make justice happen because this was an innocent man that did not deserve to even taste of death, let alone him. But that son does not only refer to Jesus. If we go out to do his will, he expects those that hear from our mouth the preaching of the gospel of the kingdom to honor us as they honor the Father. It's the same relationship that the son had with the Father. We have that relationship. In order to honor the Father, which is what many in the world do not understand, in order to honor the Father who is unseen, you must honor the Son, who is what? Seen. You are the seen of the Father now. You are, you are the sons of God. Jesus said, furthermore, in verse 30: I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. So not only is Jesus seeing what the Father does, he's hearing what the Father is saying and judging, and then he echoes, if you will, what's being already declared in heaven. He is echoing it on earth. He said, my judgment is righteous. Why? Because I do not seek my own will. I'm not judging of my own opinion. I'm not even allowing others to judge of me. All I care about. Is my father's will. But the will of the Father who hit of the Father who sent me, that's all I care about. He said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. If I talk and brag and boast about myself and look at what I did here, and look at what I did, look at how I, I did my first miracle of the red white. Did you ever hear Jesus talking about it? Did you hear about my second miracle, about how I healed this person? And did you hear about what I did in Galilee? And did you hear about what I did in, in, in Judea? And did you hear about what I did in Jerusalem? He never went boasting about himself. Because then it would be untrue. We don't need to boast of ourselves. We don't need to talk about what we did in the name of the Father. Just go do what the Father said to do in the name of the Father. And let everybody have whatever opinion they want. It doesn't matter. It should not matter to us. He says, there is another who bears witness of me. And this is the key. I don't care what other people are saying of me. I don't care even if I would speak about myself. No, no, no. There's another that bears witness of me. There's another that I am entrusting. My, my sense of self, my purpose in. Is he that's bearing witness of me? And I know that the witness he, which he witnesses of me is true. You have said John. Or excuse me, you have sent to John, and he has bore witness of the truth. John the Baptist bore witness of Jesus. He was there, was declared by the scripture. He was a forerunner to make straight the path for the Lord. And even he wouldn't accept John the Baptist's witness. It didn't matter to him. Yet I do not receive testimony from man. He says, I bring up John the Baptist, I don't even receive his testimony. There's another, there's another, there's another that bears witness of me. And his witness is true. But I say these things that you may be saved. You see, I say these things, I walk these things out because you are to learn of me. Learn of the way that I walk. Learn of the way that I talk. I'm telling you why I did what I did, why I said what I said. Follow in those footsteps. Say what the Father says. Do what you see the Father doing. And trust in that that alone. He said, John the Baptist was a burning and shining lamp. I give him props. Yeah, and you were willing for a time to rejoice in his life. You like, some of you like the things that he said and you became his disciple and that's all good and great. But I have a greater witness than John's. The works which the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I do, bear witness In other words, I'm going about ministering the gospel of the kingdom. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. That's what witnesses of me. Not what you say, not what you think, not the multitudes, not the numbers. It's the fact that, did you not see? What what did I say before? They believed on him. Why? Because of the miracles. The miracles, the signs were following him just as the signs were following the apostles when they went out. And that's all that they trusted in. God's backing me up. I don't care what anybody says. He said, they bear witness. The very works that I do bear witness that the Father has sent me. You see where the trust is in? It's not in anybody. It's only in that the Father is bearing witness of me through the miracles that he sent me. That's all I care about. It says in verse 37, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. So what two things are his witnesses that he was talking about? The very works that he was doing and the Father himself. Those are the two witnesses of him. So who's backing him up? Who is his witness? Who is testifying for him? The thrust of these words that Jesus is speaking is... Who does he receive his approval from? The works and the Father. He says in verse 41, again, he repeats it again, I do not receive honor from men. I do not receive honor from men. But I know you, you do not have the love of God in me. I have come in my Father's name. You do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, you receive him. How can you believe who receive honor one from another? These are men that prop each other up so they can feel good about themselves from the left side, from the right side, from their neighbors and their friends, all propping each other up to make them feel good. And Jesus says, That's not me, and I don't want to have anything to do with that. My propping up comes from my Father. Beat that, if you will. You can have the numbers of the world. I will simply stay and stay with my Father's will and the works that follow. When we go about this life that God has blessed us with, this breath of life that He has given us, Do we go out in this world in the Father's name? Listen to what he said. Think about the things that he said. I have come in my Father's name. Are we going out in his name? Are we going out camouflaged like the world because we don't want to shake the boat? We don't want to stir up the waters. We don't want to, you know mess with the little beehive there. We, we just want to stay safe and sound and quiet. But Jesus wasn't safe, sound and quiet, but he certainly wasn't bringing any attention to himself. He simply went out to minister the kingdom of God and through compassion, he would heal those. There were many times where he healed something and it says he had compassion on it. And then he spoke something of deliverance for him Or heal. The mind that was in the man Christ Jesus, was this, I seek the honor that only comes from God. Think about this and allow the Spirit of God to work in you to develop a mind that I don't care what anybody else in this world has to say about me. I only care what my Father says. I only care what my Father says. When are we going to come to the point where we simply seek His approval only? When will we simply be concerned that our actions and our words are supported by the Word of God? That should It should, it should just be that. Is the things that I have said and done today affirmed, supported by the Word of God? Because if that's what he's wanting me to do, then I'm safe. I'm sound. It's, it's basically, how do we respond to the gospel of Well, repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, if I've done that, I rest that I did exactly what my Father wanted me to do. Some people can't, can't fathom that, that it was that simple. Just do that. And, and you can come into the kingdom. You can come into covenant. You can come into a right relationship with God by that doorway. Repent. Be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. But they want to hem and haw about, well, I already got baptized when I was young. Or I already got baptized with sprinkling. Or I already got baptized in the title. What's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is you didn't do it the way the Father told you to do it. So will you rest in that? I won't. If I see an example over and over and over of a certain way of which he wanted something to be done, and I did it slightly different, I will not feel comfortable, which is why I got rebaptized. But as soon as I got rebaptized in the way that I saw was confirmed over and over again in the scriptures, I had peace. I did not worry about it anymore. And some of you have been rebaptized too, and I think you can testify the same thing. It wasn't a concern anymore. My conscience, as the word says, is clean. Because I did it his way. I didn't do it what his way said. I didn't do it what his way said. I didn't do it And all of these people have millions of people following them. I did not do it their way. I did it my father's way. I did it the way the scriptures had shown me to do it. And now I rest. I don't have to worry anymore. Neither do you. When are we going to come to the point where we simply stand on his word without desiring That pat on the back from our fellow man without desiring that pat on the back from our neighbor or that pat on the back from our friend or from our relative or from our colleague or from our community or from the society that we live in or the state that we live in or the nation or the world, because that's what everybody's worried about. If they have that, they feel comfortable, but it's false. It's a false sense of security. We need to align ourselves with the word of God so much that we don't care what the world says. We only care. Did I do what my father said? Oh yeah, okay. I'm good. Now I'm good. Not, not because I want to feel good and I want to feel safe. It's because that's what my father said to do. My father said to lay down my life for my friend. Well, that's what I, That's what he said to do. He said love your neighbor as yourself. That's what he said to do. I I want us to rest in the knowledge that He is pleased with us. Rest in the knowledge that He is approving of us because we have abided in His Word. This, This development of this mind of Christ that I'm referring to today, I think is one of the factors that is going to help us walk in a greater degree of His anointing. Because I think it's been... It's been encouraged over the last couple of weeks. Hey, there should be signs following. We're the children of God. Healing, miracles should be more commonplace than they are now. Not that they're not happening, but more so. And I think until we get over this, worrying about what man says, it's going to be hard to let it flow through us in a way that is more prominent than what it is today. And not to say that the Lord is displeased with us because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows exactly where we're going to get to. He's so patient with us. He's so merciful, which is why God is so good all the time because even though I know I'm not there, he's dealing with me as if I'm already there. Wow. That's incredible. And yet he's able to deal with me in the present and work with me so I, we can work together to, to be conformed to his image. In John 10, 25, Jesus said, I told you, but you don't believe me, the works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. So I say to you, children of God, that the works that you do now in the Father's name, witness of us, who we are, who sent us, they stand as our eternal testimony and our eternal legacy. Because what we do in this temporal life, the ramifications of it last eternal. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. I keep linking in my Father's name, and now I say in my name. The Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will bring to your remembrance all things that I said about you. The business of the Spirit of God is marketing. Advertising. Julian is in that. Advertising, a brand name. Every time you see the Nike brand name, you know who, who that business is. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. Who's he marketing? Who's he advertising? He's advertising the Father. He's giving glory to the Father, and he's doing it through you. That's what he's in the business of doing. So when Jesus says in John 15, 26, another chapter later, in the same verse of 26, when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you, before it was the Father, now he's saying, I shall send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will do what? Testify in me. The witness is not in man's opinion. The witness is the Father. And the Father is the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth, who was sent in the Father's name, who was sent in Jesus' name. He's the witness in your life, and he's all you need to be trusting in. Did you receive the Spirit of God? Are you led by the Spirit of God? Then rest. Go about the Father's business. Not worrying about, do I have my pastor backing me up? Do you need to go to your pastor every time something happens at your workplace and ask him about this or that? You have the Holy Ghost, you have God Himself. And if you're getting into your word and you're rightly dividing the word, you should know exactly how to be in your workplace. You should know exactly how to treat your fellow man and your fellow brother. I've already mentioned it a few times. Walk in love. Walk in forgiveness. Walk in mercy. Walk in compassion. Do justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. You know those scriptures. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And the life. And when he said, I'm going to send him in my name, the spirit of truth, he's referring to himself. Now notice what what he says in John chapter 17. Jesus said, I have manifested your name. Jesus was about manifesting the father's name. That was one of the works that God wanted him to do. Manifest my name into the earth. And he came in his father's name, Yeshua, God who saves. And it not only says that I have manifested your name, but they have kept your word. The doctrine that I've come and the teachings that I've been teaching, they've kept your word. Jesus in the same chapter prayed that all would believe on their word. He's sending us to do the very same thing that he did, which was manifest the Father's name into all the earth. That's why it so irks me when I get together with, with Christians in this day and age. So we get to pray, and, and, and they're praying and praying, and you know we're in agreement, and they say, and, and I pray in your name. Amen. It, it just irks me. It's just me. Why won't you say his name? In your precious name, name why won't you say his name? And you see it from a... I went to the flagpole at school. It would meet at the flagpole. You guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Asks, get together to meet at the flagpole and they pray and they do all this. And I'm praying a bunch of teachers. I played with three of them. And I don't think any three of them used in Jesus' name. I haven't said this to anyone but kids were doing something they were all praying, they were playing the guitar, they were singing and then we broke out into groups and we prayed and one of the teachers said, hey do you want to come and pray with you? so I'm praying with four, four teachers and I was already praying before, I was already praying in the spirit before and I get into this group and this, per, this person to my right he, he's praying you know, and then this person is praying and this person is praying and then it comes to me and I'm praying and I'm almost in tears I'm, I'm, I'm choked up while I'm praying, and I'm trying to hold it together while I'm praying. You know, and, and that, that to me was the Spirit of God at work in that moment to give testimony that it's not just, you know, the, the standard type of, no, there's something deeper going on. We got all these kids here, and and... There's something more deeper that's got to happen in this place. I began to pray for the Spirit of God to move into the school and to start raising up leaders and start purifying the people. I mean, I was just, I was just praying what I felt like was in the Spirit, but it was in English. And, and I was just getting choked up. I was getting emotional about it, if you will. You know, and that's that's how it's got to be. I, I got it was in a moment where I was not. I mean, it was in the back of my mind, mind you, but I kept on praying. And I kept on praying with that nature because I wasn't going to be afraid about what they say or what they thought. And when we broke up, I went about my merry little way. Never heard from it again. I don't know if it made an impression. I don't care whether it made an impression or not, to be honest with you. I'm just saying that's what happened to me in the midst of that. And sometimes we need to go out into this world and not be afraid of what everybody's going to think of us. Just know that I did what my father said to do and be satisfied. That's my pat on the back. That's not even a pat on the back. He's holding me in his hands, thank God. And nobody can take me away from the love of God. He's right there in his hands. John 17, 11 says, Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father. Keep through your name those whom you have given me. We need to be going out with a sense of purpose that I'm going out in my Father's name. I go out to coach... I, I'm going out in my Father's name. I am an ambassador of Christ as a coach for this little team. And all, some of them may want to pray when we get in our little huddle and they just pray your precious name. I'm always praying in Jesus' name. And if I have to pray for an injury, I'm, I'm praying that they be healed in the name of Jesus. And I'm constantly doing that. You know, I'm walking off one practice and one had hurt hurt themselves and I just lay my hands on their head and just start praying, Father. Yeah, I pray that you heal their headache Father, and that you would dissipate that. If I, I prayed in Jesus' name. She looked at me so strangely like I did something strange because I prayed in Jesus' name. What? Don't you pray that way in your church? It's scary out there sometimes. But man, we just get through the barrier of not worrying about what everybody else said. Just go. Just be an example like Jesus was an example to us. Just go and do the Father's word. Let the chips fall where they may. I may be martyred. I may die. But I'm in my Father's hands. I'm in my Father's hands. And I'm going about declaring His name. He says in verse 26, I have declared to them your name and will declare it. That the love which you love me may be in them and I in them. So the emphasis, the thrust that Jesus is expressing in these litany of verses is that He and we are to declare the name of the Lord where we go. God saves. God heals. God delivers. That is the name Yeshua. Salvation, healing, and deliverance. Yahweh saves. Yahweh heals. Yahweh delivers. Jesus heals. Jesus saves. Jesus delivers. That should be our name. We are to declare His name throughout all the earth. His name. His name. Jesus said it very, I mean, well, not Jesus, Peter said it very clearly. When Jesus healed the lame man in Acts chapter 3, and I say Jesus because Peter didn't take credit for it. Listen to what he says: Jesus heals the lame man. You remember he said, you know, silver and gold have I none such as I have given to thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And then he walked. He says in verse 16, and his name through faith in his name has made this man strong. He took no credit. None. And that's how it needs to be with us because we're not healers. We're not baptizers in the spirit. I may baptize you in water in Jesus' name, but okay, so what? Really, so what? It's the Spirit of God that's going to bring about your deliverance. It's the Spirit of God that's going to bring about your healing. It's the Spirit of God that's going to bring about your deliverance. So he said, "In his name through faith in his name made this man strong, whom you see and know. You all know he was a lay man. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness and presence of you all. So when we go out, let's not be afraid. We are supposed to declare his name. Go out there and in Jesus' name, pray for the sick. Pray for the healing. Pray for the lepers. Pray for all. Pray for those with AIDS. Pray for those if you run across someone with Ebola and not be afraid. Pray for them in Jesus' name without fear of being caught contagious now and being infected. Romans 9, 17, it says, For the scripture says this to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I may show my power in you. And he's speaking this to Pharaoh. God is saying, I raised you up, Pharaoh, because I wanted to show my power in you, Pharaoh. But listen to this, and that my name may be declared in all the earth. That is a work of God. He wants his name declared in all the earth. From the North Pole to the South Pole and all the way around the equator and everywhere in between, he wants his name spread out through all the earth because in his name they will find their salvation, their healing, and the deliverance. And if we don't take this to heart, we're not going to see this uncorking of what is within us this Spirit of God and the power that resides with the Spirit of God because He is power, He is healing, won't be uncourt in us. And we want to go through the highways and the byways and we want to flood the streets with His anointing, with His power, without fear of man. Because He said in verse in Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18, He said, Behold, I and the children whom the Lord hath given me are for signs and wonders. We're supposed to be out there as signs and wonders. Not to draw attention to ourselves. To glorify His name. To declare His name in all the earth. I can honestly say that I have had problems with this. And maybe to some extent I still do. Wondering what other people might say. Being too hesitant to speak, especially early on. Especially early on. I had people pushing me to to say this to that person, say that to that person. And I got pushed and controlled into doing things I was really not comfortable with doing. But I needed to go through that. I may not have been successful. But God saw my heart. God saw the faith. That I had going out and stepping out, walking on the water, doing stuff I really wasn't comfortable with. So I want this mind to be in us. I want us to realize what is our witness. What are our credentials? And I want to ask that if anybody in this place wants to start developing this mind in you so that you can go out without any fear of man, without any fear of what anyone would say. I want you to step up, step forward. I want to pray for you just as much as I need to pray for myself. Whether it's a young child or an older child. I want us to get back to the childlike faith that we had. I had one of my children who was playing soccer years ago. And one of the parents came to me like a week or two later and started talking to me about my child. and said, your child was preaching the gospel in the middle of the field to my son or my daughter or whoever it was. I don't remember who it was. And I was like, really? And they said, yeah. And he was just so unafraid. She was just so bashful. She just went out and said it. I was like, wow. That's the kind of faith we need to have. Just like a child. I mean, when your child says something about you and you're like, I didn't tell you to say that. At the same time, it makes you proud that he was you know, courageous enough to say that. She was courageous enough to, to say something like that. This Maybe it wasn't about you. Maybe it's just something that you taught them about righteousness, about holiness. And they just went out and said, like, wow, I'm proud. The Father feels the same way about us when we go and take steps of faith and just speak out his name. Even if it's a sentence. Start somewhere. You lay hands on somebody. You, you encourage them with words of life. We my wife spoke to you about this friend. Just giving her the word. You say you're a Christian? Alright, let's put it to practice. Let's put it, let's apply this word. And boy. She testified of it. And you can't imagine what happened in this meeting, Patricia. I mean, it just, it was just, it was awesome. It was just, I wasn't expecting that. And she heeded her words. She said, I was so angry. I just wanted to write that letter. I'm just going to rip into it. The... And then she stopped and prayed. That calmed her down. Then she wrote something much more. And, and she saw the fruit of it. Putting your life and the daily issues and, and the things that go on into practice with it. I don't want to belabor the point anymore, but if anybody wants to pray on this particular man, please step forward and come. I want to pray for you. I want to see the work of God in you. I want to see you on court. I want to see you come up. And elders, you can play with me. You can come up and you can help out. Thus is the ministry of our Father's heart through us. Our utmost desire is to be in the Father's heart, to know the Father's heart, and express the Father's heart to you. If you appreciate listening to this podcast and were blessed, pass it along to someone else by text, email, or word of mouth in the hopes that they might be positively impacted as you were. If you are interested in supporting our efforts, we would ask you to consider the following. One, pray for us. Two, leave a positive rating or review with whomever you listen to our podcast with. And three, if you desire to contribute monetarily, you can do so at paypal.me. Slash J Ben Jesus. Or you can cash app dollar sign J Ben Jesus. Or you can Venmo at J Ben Jesus. That's J B E N J E S U S. God bless.